Welcome to Talking Underwater, One Water, One Podcast. I am Katie Johns, Editor-in-Chief of Stormwater Solutions, and in this week's episode of Talking Underwater, we are bringing you an interview with Eastern Municipal Water District General Manager Joe Moad. EMWD has been elevating its work with desalinated water, so today we are diving into groundwater desalination, how stormwater plays a role, and the importance of funding. Enjoy! Today, I am joined by Joe Moad, the Eastern Municipal Water District General Manager, uh, and we're going to be talking a little bit about groundwater desalination and grant funding. So, Joe, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Katie, and Happy New Year to you. Yeah, Happy New Year. (laughs) Um, So, to get us started, uh, your district does a lot with groundwater desalination, so I'm wondering if you can tell us about that and also why groundwater desalination is so important and helpful. Absolutely. So, you know, at Eastern Municipal Water District, we are the sixth largest water retailer in the state of California. And we are located in Riverside County, uh, in a region that is rapidly still growing. In fact, we are the fastest growing region in the entire state. So when we look at our water supply portfolio, we are keen on investing in local resilient water supplies. And as we all know, there is no new water, frankly, on, on our planet. It's it's not an infinite supply of water. So we need to find sustainable ways to use our natural resources that we're able to access. Um, you never know when the next drought cycle is going to be arriving. And uh, we, again, want to make sure we are uh, positioned to meet those future drought cycles, knowing that there are constraints on imported water supplies into our region, specifically uh, the Colorado River, as well as the State Water Project. Uh, both of those supplies have become under increased uh, stresses due to climate change. And, and for all those reasons, we've developed our Groundwater Reliability Plus program. And that effort is to improve the quantity as well as the quality of water in our local groundwater basins. Uh, the program is our umbrella effort. Uh, it encompasses a number of specific initiatives, including water storage, water treatment, as well as water banking and our purified water replenishment, as well as desalinization. We started on our desalinization program more than two decades ago. We A portion of our groundwater aquifer is naturally brackish. It's not usable for drinking purposes. And a couple of decades ago, we started the program with drilling brackish wells to extract and convey the water to a centralized reverse osmosis treatment facility. And since then, we've continued to expand that program. Uh, last year, we commissioned our third RO treatment facility called the Paris Sudis Salter. That facility on its own produces 5.4 million gallons per day of drinking water. Combined with the other two facilities, the, the Menifee and then Paris One facility, we currently produce approximately 14 million gallons per day of drinking water from what is a otherwise unusable uh, water supply. That amount of water... Um, is adequate to serve more than 30,000 households in our community. So it's it's a really a significant part of our local water supply resiliency. And, you know, we couldn't do all this without our partners. We, mm-hmm. we, we had significant support from the state water resource control board, from the Metropolitan Water District, from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, who led the effort on drilling and building the, uh, the, the brackish groundwater wells. Yeah, and I also read that 
uh, your district uses 100% of that desalinated water. So can you talk about that a little bit and, and how you hit that that mark and measurement? Yeah, I, you know, all of that water is used primarily to help us accommodate the needs of disadvantaged community in our mm -hmm. service area. And I think it's for that reason that we are very much uh, uh, aggressive when it comes to pursuing grants and funding support. Uh, we we feel that it's our part of our mission is to make sure we can bring back our constituents' tax dollars back into our region to reinvest in our region in these types of important water supply programs. So when, when I mention our partners with the State Water Resource Control Board, Metropolitan, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, and others, uh, they have been phenomenal in providing us the, the financial and technical support to be able to advance our desalinization program. Um, all of the water is used, and frankly, in the absence of using this water, we would have to import more water from the Colorado River and more water from the State Water Project. And as we all know, uh, there's currently ongoing negotiations to try to reduce the reliance on those imported supplies, especially mm -hmm. in the Colorado River. Yeah, and speaking of the Colorado River and, you know, just we hear so much about drought in California and Colorado River reaching low levels. How does drought impact this work? Well, it, it's, it's cyclical, as we know, with climate change, we're getting more severe mm -hmm. uh, consecutive years of drought. And when we do get the wet weather, uh, it comes with higher intensity. We, we get significant more precipitation, significant more uh, snowpack, as, as we did last year. We went yeah. from a historic drought condition to what was described as whiplash change to a, a record-setting snowpack. Mm -hmm. So knowing these changed patterns, we need to invest in making sure we capture that water, we store that water, we bank it in, in the ground or in surface storage, and then we rely on that water to navigate us through what will be consecutive drought years. Mm -hmm. So no, knowing that this climate has evolved, has changed, we need to adapt to it. And we need to do that by investing in water banking, in recycled water, in groundwater desalination, and, and also ocean desalination. Absolutely. And kind of shifting gears a little bit, how does funding play into all of this? Grant funding, different types of funding. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, funding is, is a big part of it. And mm -hmm. You know, at Eastern, we're very proud of our efforts to secure funding for our region. In fact, uh, over the last 20 years, we have secured uh, $688 million in grant funding overall. That's a that's a significant amount. That, that makes a huge difference to our ratepayers because ultimately in the absence of getting that funding, and it's not just uh, federal funding, it's state, regional, we, we pursue all levels of partnerships and, and funding support. But in the absence of that, again, we we have uh, customers who would then have to bear the brunt of the, the financial impact of these types of necessary programs. Um, so by getting the funding, by receiving the funding, we're bringing their tax dollars back into our region. And frankly, we're shielding, um, especially our disadvantaged communities, from the cost of, of these programs. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're very proud of our uh, success on, on the funding front. And Again, we would not be able to do many of these programs uh, without the support and partnership from our uh, federal, state, and, and regional partners. And I, I did want to point out that one important agency as well that's been key partner to EMWD is the Bureau of Reclamation. We mm -hmm. have a nationally leading recycled water program where we use 100% of the recycled water we utilize. 
The next evolution of that is we are currently advancing our purified water replenishment where we are going to replenish our groundwater resources with the highly treated purified recycled water. Last year, we had Secretary of the Interior, Deb Holland, come out and visit us and uh, visit the project site. Uh, the Bureau of Reclamation has supported EMWD with a $27.5 million grant funding in support of our purified water replenishment program. So knowing that we are going to continue to grow as a region, we mm -hmm. need to always find a home for that additional recycled water. And sure. that's what our purified water program is all about. Awesome. Well, Joe, you have answered all of my questions today, but are there any final thoughts you want to share before I let you go? No, I, I do appreciate this opportunity. I, I think it's incumbent on all of us, especially out in the, the West, to continue to invest in local water supply resiliency. We need to adapt our infrastructure to climate change impacts, uh, whether at a, at a regional, local level or at a statewide level. It is absolutely necessary to make sure we can continue to accommodate our, our region's demands and, and economic growth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And um, hopefully we'll talk soon. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much, Joe, for sharing all of that great insight with us. Um, that does conclude today's episode of Talking Underwater. So don't forget to like, subscribe, share on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. You can also reach us at talkingunderwater at endeavorb2b.com to share your thoughts. And don't forget to follow us on X at TUW Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.